I have returned my people. I have returned to you. Big Sherm in the house. What's going on, brother? How you been? I'm good. I'm, I'm under this uh, do-rag or thing right here. I look like I, I, I'm back in the 50s and stuff. Big ass fro with the curls in it and whatnot. So. Oh, listen, listen. I'm rocking my Can't get no hair. Can't get no <laughs> Can't get no haircuts no more. Yeah, I'm right. Listen, man, under this hat is uh George Jefferson, so this is why I got this song right now. Girl, you always been <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? No, 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 not bald. I'm talking about George Jefferson. There's a difference. I don't mind being bald, but being George Jefferson, I do not want to be seen like that <laughs> on camera. So, <laughs> so it's okay. But uh, so this episode is called this, this is episode 97. This episode, oh. yeah, go okay. ahead. No, go ahead. Please, please, please. I'll let you finish first. Then I want to say something first. Like I've been doing on my page, but go ahead. Okay, so this episode is episode 97. It's called Singular Focus. Uh, basically, what this episode is about, we are continuing our coverage of the Last Dance documentary, particularly episodes 7 and 8, uh, in which in those episodes, it showed the determination and somewhat the tyrant, abrasive style of Michael Jordan when it came to leading his uh, Chicago Bulls teammates. So we're going to discuss that. We're, um, we're going to talk about the documentary and, you know, a little bit tidbits in here. But uh, Big Sherm, go ahead. Uh, um, I'd like to dedicate this episode of Let's Be Real Sports to all the nurses, PCAs, transporters, housekeeping, food service personnel in hospitals and everywhere who's essential around this world. Thank you for your dedication in this time of need and in, in the pandemic. Thank you. Word, word. Uh, everything uh, Sherman said, uh, kind of the same. So, uh, uh, Sherman, what did you get get from episodes seven and eight? Seven and eight was really to me about when Jordan left. Like it, it was he was Jordan was burnt out. Yeah, he felt like he accomplished everything. Not on top of that, months later, his father dying. And a senseless murder. Yeah. So and I didn't. Yeah. That that to me that um that murder how they try to blame it on Jordan gambling gambling. Uh, you know how the media tried to do that. I think that was kind of. I think that was very wrong. I think it was bad. Bad. I mean, this was kind of like the first time where Jordan was in the light where he was kind of being criticized a lot, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for the longest, everybody wanted to be like Mike, but, you know, he starts getting this little venom by the media. And then, you know, episode uh, five and six talked about how he took the two weeks media silence, right? Mm -hmm. um, the interesting thing was, to me, in episode seven was the retirement, right? Because it's like, you have this guy who's at the peak of his powers at the time, right? Just killing which you find out in the documentary that he wanted to retire. He talked about it in June 92 with the dream mm -hmm. team. The only thing that kept him motivated was the fact that bird and magic didn't never win three. three. They never three Peter. So Jordan was so competitive, right? He had this singular focus to just dominate, dominate his opponents and dominate the, uh, the players of the past. It was like, I'm tired, but I'm going to stay just to say, that I did something that the greats haven't done, right? Because those guys, yeah, that, go ahead. that's his drive. His drive yeah. is what fueled him. Yeah, any little thing he took that can that could drive him to be great drove him to be great, and that's what he took. Yeah, you no, know? 
for me, Jordan was already killing the game. He was on top of the world. I I, I want to be like Mark commercials came out. He oh, yeah. was Bulls versus Bulls versus Blazers came out in '92 for SNES. You're like it was Jordan Media was yeah. really sweeping the nation at that point. Yeah, and for him to remove himself from the game because he felt like he conquered everything. Just to, and it wasn't he wasn't in the league long at that when he retired that long. Yeah, he was like what nine year pro, right? Well, he came in 84 and he retired yes. 93. So it was like nine seasons, right? Nine seasons. And he accomplished so much in that short did, window man. of time. He did. He but did. the gambling really it sapped his energy. Because because for a while you hear everybody in the media talking about, oh, Jordan's doing this gambling and he, yeah. he, he got to stop. Like, like they're really trying to pay them as a bad, bad guy because you couldn't yeah. really... Punch Mike, Mike for anything at, up until that point. Yeah, because Mike was, Mike, Mike was like a godlike figure in the league, right? Like he was the god of basketball, right? And the thing was, everybody did want to be like Mike, but the problem with that is like, and he talks about it. He's like, "Yo, being Michael Jordan is hard, right? Because there's a certain expectations that you have to live up to." So the the crazy thing is like his competitive drive because he knew that fans were in the stands to see him, that he had to do everything in his power to make sure that he was a go every night. Right. When you win three titles, I'm pretty sure winning one title, you kind of lose motivation the next season. Right. Uh, for let's say the average NBA player. But right? I don't think you lose motivation. You want to keep winning. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, for you me to be keep winning, that's what it's about. Like once you win one, you want to keep going because you're trying to build a legacy of winning. That's nah, what it's about. I, I hear you. But even Jordan talked about just being tired. Right. So it was like I think it was more so like his father passing. Right. And then the right, right. and then the media coming at him about the gambling stuff. You know, the Jordan rules book came out at the time. There was this other book about I forgot the guy's name, but there was another book uh discussing him and jordan's gambling addictions or whatever so the it, it changed right jordan had this halo around him for the longest and it was like he was just on like now it was it was going away right with the sam smith book the jordan rules mm -hmm. uh how it showed jordan in a demonstrative way when he was uh kind of coming at his teammates practices was very rough you know phil jackson talks about a time where he had to throw Michael out, right? I mean, listen, to be fair, Steve Kerr did kind of push him in the chest, and then Michael Jordan comes and sock him in the eye. But but, but, but where Jordan was coming from at the time was, listen, you got to be rough. Because in that time, the Pistons, the Knicks, these well, this teams is, were, this... were, were, were rough. And you so, and you got to be prepared for that. You can't yeah, be like, you can't yeah, be like oh, they're fouling me and stuff like that. Because it's psychologically... psychologically you're done if you're yeah. if you if you succumb to that. Yeah. That when Pat Ryan was in Showtime, he didn't have that. He had Showtime. He had magic. Yeah. Everything was good. When he came to the Knicks, he understood what the talent he had. Yeah. So he had to change his tactics to a blue collar, smash mouth in your face, a pisses a Detroit pisses type like style. Yeah. Yeah. In order to compete with Jordan and the Bulls at the time. Yeah. And and Jordan was trying to make sure, like, yo, you can't call these ticket tack fouls because. The Knicks are going to sit there and just run everybody on. They're, they're not going to run me, Michael Jordan, under because I'm used to it. I went through the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People went through the Pistons. These new guys they didn't go through what they went through at first, and that's where you're trying to get to build these guys too. Yeah. So that was the that was the, that yeah. was the <laughs> thing. Steve Kerr, Luke Longley, 
they weren't part of that Bulls first three-peat. And Bushler wasn't part of that Bulls first three-peat, right? So these guys came in thinking like, hey, everything is sweet. Now you got to understand this is after Jordan loses to the Magic, right? In that game that they lose. That, that wasn't Mike. What? That, that wasn't Mike. No, listen, I get it. And Nick Anderson said they kind of push him in the chest. And then Michael Jordan comes and sock him in the eye. But but, but but where Jordan was coming from at the time was, listen, you got to be rough. Because in that time, the Pistons, the Knicks, these well, teams this were, is, this... were, 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 were rough. And you so, and you got to be prepared for that. You can't yeah, be like, you can't yeah, be like oh, they're fouling me and stuff like that. Because it's psychologically, psychologically, you're done if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you succumb to that. Yeah. That, when Pat Ryan was in Showtime, he didn't have that. He had Showtime. He had Magic. Yeah. Everything was good. When he came to the Knicks, he understood what the talent he had. Yeah. So he had to change his tactics to a blue collar, smash mouth in your face, a pisses a Detroit pisses type like style. Yeah. Yeah. In order to compete with Jordan and the Bulls at the time. Yeah. And and Jordan was trying to make sure, like, yo, you can't call these ticket tack fouls because the Knicks are gonna sit there and just run everybody on. They're, they're not gonna run me, Michael Jordan, under. Because I'm used to it. I went through the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People went through the Pistons. These new guys didn't go through what they went through at first. And that's where you're trying to get to build these guys too. Yeah. So that was the that was the thing. Steve Kerr, Luke Longley, they weren't part of that Bulls first three P. And Bushler wasn't part of that Bulls first three P. Right. So these guys came in thinking like, hey, everything is sweet. Now you gotta understand this is after Jordan loses to the Magic, right? In that game that they lose. That, that wasn't Mike. What? That, that wasn't Mike. No, listen, I get it. And Nick Anderson said it, right? 45 ain't 23, right? He came back the following game. Jordan came back the following game, dropped 38 on them. The Magic ended up beating them because, listen, that, that Magic team was good. Nick Anderson, you got Shaq, you got Penny Hardaway. Whatever. He ain't choked that series. You know what I'm saying? So then we go into Michael, we go into uh, Jordan then filming Space Jam, right? And kind of trying to get his legs back under him where he's filming 12 hours a day. And, that, and that's him during him playing baseball. No, this is after. So this is after he came back from baseball. This was, was after. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, so Jordan was retired for 17 months, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, he left. The reason why Jordan left, because his first love was always baseball. And he talked about it religiously with his dad in 92 about, hey, I'm getting a little exhausted. I think I want to play baseball. Now, Jordan averaged a, uh, a uh, two, two, what? Two, two, two or two average. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, what? Double A? Yeah, double A in uh, yeah. Birmingham. I yeah. A two-two average, fifty RBI, three home runs. I forget the on-base percentage. I wrote all this in in the, no, uh, in, the listen, in the blog. It's okay, but so when Jordan comes, you know Jordan's now starting to practice with his his old teammates, right? Oh, oh, you're you you are correct, Joe. Yeah, that, that's when he like he was just he wanted to get his leg back. He did the movie about the same time. Yeah, you know what? You know what I, I thought about what. Same time he was doing the movie and having these guys come in and train with him, I think at the same time he was getting intel on these guys on their games. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, and that's that's the thing. It's like if you're coming to 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 the set in California for this movie and you're running two hour games, you're gonna understand players' tendencies. And I think 
it was it was like a two pronged thing where Jordan got to understand players' tendencies and then at the same time get his legs back because that was the problem when he first returned, right? The reason why he lost in nine in that in that finals in ninety, I mean in that Eastern Conference Finals in ninety five, was the fact that he, he didn't he didn't have his legs under him because Tim Grover Tim Grover said it. He's like, listen, you've been training for baseball, right? Now you have to recondition your whole body to train well, for the basketball. game of basketball, right? And um, I I I think that the early retirement reinvigorated Jordan. Uh, but you wasn't just gonna come back and step on the court and do what you do, like. But but, but also in, in just he saw the Houston Rockets win back to back titles, and it was starting to. He Jordan, I think to me from what I looked like, Jordan felt like, oh shit, it's slipping away. Yeah, my legacy starting to slip away a little bit. I mean, yeah. everybody still knows Jordan, of course. Yeah. But after Akeem did what he did with the two finals, like he was like, damn, I'm gonna need to get back in the game and show these guys what I can really do again. Yeah. The, don't forget what I used to do. And I can still do it at a high level. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. It's like you could kind of see Jordan in that 96 finals against uh, against uh, the Sonics, right? They had no shot. The, the crazy thing, man, the crazy thing about that, though, was George Carl opted for Gary. Now, the, the glove Come just won. On, Wait, listen. Jo Gary Payton just won defensive player of the year that year, right? He made yeah, the all he made the all defensive team. That team was 60% Bulls player. It was it was Jordan, it was uh uh Rodman, Rodman. and it was a uh, Pippen, right? And Gary, I don't know who the other guy was, but I know Gary Payton made that list as well. Mm -hmm. Um my thing was Jordan did have a bad game too, and he talked about that 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 poor game too. But the thing that George Carl, because remember they 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 the Bulls won four and two, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, they could have really swept these dudes. I think to me personally, and me watching it at the time as a kid, yeah. I think they let them have those two damn games because they really easily could have beat these guys. The first three games were a no contest, even with Jordan playing bad in game two. Yeah. They, they, they really did. Like, Seattle would have, for a 64-win team, that's a pretty good standing in the NBA in the NBA playoffs going into it. Yeah. But when you're so overmatched by these guys, and they went up three, I was like, damn, they're about to sweep these guys. Yeah. And then, like you said, now George Carl want to put GP on Jordan. Like, and Jordan laughed it off. Like, after, after, after when, he, when he seen the video of, of Gary Payton explaining to him, explaining, like, how you think he slowed down Jordan, I'm like, you don't slow down no goddamn Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, you listen. J Jordan is hey. Jordan is ahead of his time, B. So I, I get it. Jordan on, was man. Jordan is ahead of his time, but Gary Payton kind of had him shooting bad in those those last two games, man. Under you know what I'm saying? When when George Carl made the switch, which he should have done earlier, right? I still don't think it would have made it would have done much for the outcome to me. I don't I listen. still don't think it done nothing to the outcome. Okay, you so so say you do slow down Jordan. You mm -hmm. you slow down Jordan. You still had Pippen. You still had Cool Coach. Yeah. You had Kerr. Well, I think and the second the second half of, the second yeah yeah which you know I'm glad that they they ran that because I'm I'm pretty certain that was that that shit that Doug Collins was running for Jordan back in the, back in the '80s. You know, nah. Hey, hey, got him past Cleveland. I hear you. Shot. 
I hear you. But they should have put Ron Harper instead of Craig Elo on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But my thing is I wanted to touch, too, was how did you feel about – because there was times in the documentary, man, where freaking Jordan was going at teammates. Like, his competitive nature, his drive kind of alienated some of his teammates to the point where Will Perdue was like, listen – understand that this motherfucker was a jerk like he was a fucking asshole but they appreciated it for him i mean what do you think about it because what listen at the time that we're talking about there was no internet if we would have heard the stories yeah we heard back then and we came out in the internet now social media yeah. and everything like that we yeah. would say jordan's a piece of shit he's garbage he's trash oh he's yeah definitely under yeah. the sun yeah at the Wait, time yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. At, at the time of when this was going on, this was the norm. Practices were hard. Trash talking was harsh, but it was getting you prepared for the game. Yeah, it was I mean, in the lines. Yeah, I think I think the documentary kind of blew it out of proportion a little bit, uh, because, like, I know that people talk shit. There's shit talking all over the league, and I'm pretty sure in practices. Like you hear the you hear the game clips where you know somebody's cursing or somebody's saying like get the fuck out of here when they grab a rebound. I think I forgot what Melo says when he grabs a rebound, but you hear it all the time. So for me, how the media kind of uh you know how to not the media but the documentary how to kind of painted Jordan. I don't think it was fair, and I you know Jordan you know he was tearing up a little bit because they was he felt he felt kind of attacked because. He, you know, he had that singular focus. All he cared about was winning and making the guys better around him. But the thing well, the thing that I think that Jordan did wrong was that he felt like everybody ticked like him, right? Like, every, like not all but, but players the, have the same motivation, right? But, but, but in order to win, you have to race to a level. You do. There's a you level do. you have to race to. You but how do you motivate that level. person? How you motivate that right. person is something entirely different. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like I, like, yeah, I, like, I, like I said, back then, times were different. Yeah. It was only Jordan doing that. I'm pretty sure in other practices, yeah. Isaac was doing it. Yeah. You know, you know, um, Isaiah Thomas was doing it for the Pistons. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, I'm sure. You, magic. Listen, magic. Listen, yeah. I'm not say, sure. not saying we know these people are anything of the kind, but looking how Jordan did it. And everything like you know, these practices were so hard in the trenches. They were getting you prepared mentally for the yeah. physical strain of what was going on. The coaches coach harder. Not like today, where you like 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 you say, the low management is damn near killed the game. I don't think it's killed the game. I think you're preserving your body. Yeah. But back then, you ha it was a true grind. Yeah. It was a so, real grind. So before you continue. I, want, I just want to touch back on the Gary Payton thing in that 96 finals, right? So George Carl made the switch in game four and was like, fuck it, right? Mm -hmm. So Michael Jordan, uh, he was six for 19 in game four. You know, that's a 31% field goal percentage. He, he brought it up back in game five to 50% from 11 to 22 shooting. And then in game six, he was five of 19. That's a 26% from the field goal and he was he had 22 points so pretty low so it ain't low for standards it ain't yeah it ain't jordan standards right jo you know you gary payton did do a, a a pretty decent job on him 
because Jordan for his career averaged 30 in the final. I think 30, 31, 32 in the finals. Yeah, it was yeah, it was something. I, I don't have the numbers right now. now right, but right. Something, but it's somewhere it, he's, he's averaged over 30 in the finals. That's for certain. Yeah. Yeah. But that 22 number kind of I forgot about that to tell you the truth. Yeah, listen, man. I mean, I know Jordan was coming back and it wasn't Jordan running the league like in 92, but you know, listen, Gary, Gary Payton was a hell of a defender. But in 96, there was the greatest collection of talent ever. They had Rodman on the defense. They had Pippen doing everything. He was yeah. the true playmaker. Jordan was the true scorer. Yeah. You know? So he Jordan didn't really need to do all that after, per se. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that that time when Jordan left, and Scottie Pippen was, you know, Scottie Pippen was third in MVP votes when Jordan right. left, you know? Right. So Scottie Pippen was well capable of leading the team. I know there was a a, a part in the documentary where um, they talk about Tony, Phil May, draws a play up for Tony Kukoc because. Oh, when, when, when Scottie quit? Yeah, because at some point during the season, Tony Kukoc became their closer, right? Like. Mm -hmm. What I didn't like about it is that Scottie Pippen talked about playing as a committee, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. just when Jordan left and went to go play baseball, the Bulls was playing as a committee, right? Phil Jackson showed his true prowess of, as a head coach. Right. Um, you know, and, and successfully running the triangle, right? Getting everyone involved. My thing was you hear Scottie talk about that, and then at the same time what happens is is like, this is a this is well, I think it was game two against the 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 uh the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Mm -hmm. Um they're down no, no, it's game three in the Eastern Conference Final. They're down 2-0 to Bulls. They're losing okay. to the Knicks, right? Knicks fans should watch this shit because this no, was Knicks. Knicks is all this was Knicks in their glory, man. This was Knicks you, in their glory. They should watch the it. Because th that, let me tell you something. I tell people this all the time. Yeah. That was the only window the Knicks had. The only window the Knicks had was that time in '94. We had a we had a we had a window in '99. Y'all remember that? I was not beating no freaking Tim Duncan. Stop it. <sighs> Whatever. Tim Duncan wasn't even Tim Duncan. And, yet. And, but yet he he what? Listen. Well, well, listen. If you tell the Knicks to guard Avery Johnson and don't let him shoot all those jumpers so wide open, maybe they would have been in the series still. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe wanna... they would have been in the series. You're right. But I do, look... You're right. You're right. I, I ain't wrong. Yeah, listen, there's things you write about. There's things I'm right about. I'm not disagreeing of course, of course, with you. Of course. <laughs> but I'm saying, how the hell do you leave Avery Johnson so wide open? I mean, granted, in the conference finals, in the semifinals, he was missing a lot of open shots. Yeah. But at some point in the finals, Jeff Van Gundy, can someone guard Amy Johnson from scoring all these damn two points? Like, he was open half the game or yeah. half the series. Yeah. If anything, he should have won the goddamn MVP. Yeah. You know, but continue, please. But all I'm saying is this, right? So. 94, you're talking about. Was it 90? Yeah, 94, right? Uh, Scotty was ripping the league and being the Bulls' close, uh, solo star. Uh, he talks about it being a committee, which I understand because you kind of have to run things differently now that Jordan is in there. Um, but there's a there's a time there's a game in the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe, in Game Three, where the Bulls are down. Phil Jackson goes ahead; he draws a place for Tony Kukoc. Uh, 
Pippen isn't happy about happy about it, right? And you know why he wasn't happy about it? He's not happy about it because he's been in Jordan's shadow all along. He started MVP votes, and Tony Kukoc, who was drafted in 1990, but came to the league in '93. But that right? was and then you got, huh? That was Jerry Krause's boy, though. That was Jerry, but that was the problem. You, th- you see, and that's the thing that they didn't, so they kind of set it up in the '92 when Jordan and Pippen went after Tony Kukoc, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, again, when he was playing on Croatia, mm-hmm. my thing was people got to understand the reason why Pippen kind of felt like that, right? Because Jerry Krause, who is also who is the architect and also the fucking destroyer of the Bulls dynasty, idiot. Yeah, it is idiot. I'm, but sure, I'm sorry, it's an idiot. Jerry Krause, this was supposed to be tony kukoc was supposed to be the evolution of the bulls right he he cemented tony kukoc as the, the next star that's the future right so my thing is is when you're in the eastern conference finals and you got a chance to go to the nba finals right it was game three the pendulum could still swing but it was a pivotal game because the bulls were already down 2-0 when your head coach who are you with who you are in the trenches with every day draws a play to win the game for Tony Kukoc instead of his legitimate stud of a of a superstar player. Listen, I get why he was upset, but his action of sitting on the bench was wrong. To the point, it upset Bill Cartwright, and Bill Cartwright was crying. He was making a speech, and he was crying. And listen, what happened after that? Pippen went on, and he dunked on Ewing, right? Pippen had they back. They ended up losing the series, right? All for nothing. Yeah, but they could have actually, they probably could have won that series if, if, if Pippen was more engaged. Because, listen, you let bygones be bygones, but there's still, still some things that you hold on residual, right? Mm-hmm. Subconsciously or whatever, or even consciously. But I think Pippen sitting down in that game three was the thing that made them lose the series, right? And, yeah, listen, he went on to win six titles, and that's fine. It's not a big deal in the it, grand scheme listen, of things, but it could have been goddamn seven. Could have. It, it really could have been, but the fracture at that point was too much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they said they forgave him, and I understand it because you have more games to go. Yeah. But like after that, the res- like the residual it, it leaves a scar tissue. Yeah. That you cannot come back from. Yeah. And. It, in that, I saw the Knicks. I saw, when the Knicks were one, I saw Patrick Ewing like, you know, talking like, yeah, we did it, we did. And I said to myself, and I think a lot of people said too, Michael Jordan wasn't there. You really think <sighs> if Jordan was there, y'all really would have did what y'all really would have done? Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure they've that try- would, They've yeah. been trying for at least two to three years trying to knock off the Bulls. Yeah. And this thing, and this, and, th- and when they finally beat the Bulls, I think, to, I think to them it was bittersweet. Yeah. It was bittersweet, but yet they still had the finals to take care of. Yeah. And they literally did it until John Starr started to build Trump Tower in game six. Word. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, game seven, excuse me. Was it game six? See, I don't have the numbers in front it's of me. All right, it's all right. It's okay, one, man. In one of those games, yeah. John Starks was shooting so many bricks. I'm like, I'm like, yo, can they not get, like, where was Ewing? Where was Ewing? Ewing still had good news at that time. It don't matter. You're going against a king. Listen, it's a the matchup was a king versus Ewing. Yeah. And John Starks is shooting bricks. Is it because he had a hot early game in the series? 
You think you the superstar now? Know your role. Go to the hot hand, man. But that hand was cold as shit. Cold as ice. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing nice. But 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 for me, I think when Jordan came back though mm -hmm. in um ninety-five. Yeah. Um in first game against the Pacers. I've yeah. never I've never seen that type of rock star mentality in my life. I mean, you started with the dream team, of yeah. course. But when Michael came back, it was like theater. Everybody, oh, yeah. Everybody came to Market Square Arena, Indiana to play. And Reggie Miller was well prepared for that. Oh, I Reggie, used to love those Bulls and Pacers battles, man. Oh my God! I cannot wait for him to show this last, the the, the last, the last um episode. Oh, that's the crazy thing, man! It's it's done tonight, man. Like man. I need I need more, man. Because I listen. My thing is, I love the uh that it's about the ninety seven and ninety eight season of the Chicago Bulls, but there was so much, man, from Pippen's background for Dennis Rodman not really caring about the game of basketball to him staying in the gyms two a.m learning uh you know just rebounding with his friends and learning the tendencies of 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 shooters and how to catch the rebounds and how to come off the bounce uh to to Pippen's bad contract to every Jordan joke about Jerry Krause how he couldn't have a cigar because of the stunner's growth you oh, know wow. what I mean freaking hey, Phil man, I'm a short guy don't do this <laughs> don't, Phil, don't. Ja Phil Jackson and his Zen Buddhism and, and that's the thing that's most impressive to me about it uh, is that Phil had the talent right but Phil knew how to manage the talent where it was like Doug Collins is like listen man we gonna ride you to the ground and he did that with Jordan in 88 uh, but Phil was you know Phil was a, a, a Tex winner guy mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying but to his credit he won every major almost every award during that season, yeah, scoring title, defensive MVP. Like he yeah. was, Jordan was really like for for y'all to say Jordan was run, like Doug Collins. Run, I don't think he ran him to the ground. I don't yeah. think Jordan ran him into the ground. I think more like it is like Jordan desired to win. No, Doug Doug Collins ran Jordan into the ground. Uh, but, but 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 still, yeah. Jordan said, "Yo, I'm with it." Jordan didn't pout or anything no. like that. He was like, "Yo, running with it." No, I will say this. He kind of was, but he axed out of that point guard role after that 1988 season. So Jordan wasn't with it all the way. Listen, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Let's Be Real. This was episode 97, Singular Focus. If you have any questions and comments, make sure to hit us up at lbrstalk at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our Facebook page at Let's Be Real Sports Blog with Big Sherm and, and Quincy. I don't know if he still does, but whatever. No, he, he does it. <laughs> He does. He does. Uh, uh, they do. They do a wonderful job of creating content in between episodes. Uh, you can also hit us up at our Twitter at Let's Be Real Sports. Yeah, go ahead. Also, Sean. really quick, we are now on Spotify for free ninety nine. So if you if you so kind, just type in Let's Be Real Sports in Spotify. You'll check every episode we have done. Yeah, yeah, and uh, thank you guys. And catch episode nine and ten. We'll be back next Sunday for our finale of the recap of the last dance and uh, make sure you stay tuned to that that's another episode in the back peace this has been a gifted sounds podcast if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe rate and review for more podcasts please visit giftedsounds.com. sounds.com